turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. This program on AM 1170, The Answer, is sponsored by Allied Media Group. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Because I'm TNT. I'm dynamite. TNT. And I will not fight. TNT. I'm a power load. TNT. <laughs> Welcome to the Andrea K. Show. It is Monday here in San Diego. Beautiful San Diego in the AM 1170 KCBQ Studios, part of Salem Media Group. Proud to be here. Proud to always share this time with you, whether I've got one person out there listening or I don't even know however many listen because really I just come in here every every time I come in here, I, I do it with the idea of having the, the God-given, blessed freedom to exercise my right of free speech. That's really why I do this. I'm passionate about what's on my heart, what's on my mind, and I just love to come in here and share it with you. Um, I know that many of you out there listening ain't going to agree with me. Many of you have not been agreeing with me for a while now on social media over a lot of things going on. There's so much disagreement in the party. And you know what? Every day I'm thinking it's going to get better. And, you know, it was weeks ago now that I wrote a blog post about can this political marriage be saved? And I talked about the fighting over nonsense that oftentimes happens in marriages and spouses and what's going on with the supporters right now within the party. And it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. I mean, we literally are almost at the point if we're not already past it to me, what kind of went down in Colorado, uh, whether you're pro Trump or against Trump or pro Cruz or against Trump or Cruz, whoever you are for or against to me, literally the party's clothes were tossed into an, a, a convertible, put out on the front lawn and torched. It was a dumpster burn involving the Republican Party. And there's many who, who are su- supportive of what's going down in, the, in this primary process and the game that's being played because it's suiting your particular candidate in spite of the fact that what's being touted today as a voterless victory might end up being a loss for everybody. Everybody. Thank you for sharing this time with me. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K Show. I'm also on Instagram. My website is com. Sharing this time with me also is none other than Dijon. Hey. Hey, you sound a little bit better when I first got to the studio. You was a little cranky. You I'm had a li- cranky puss today. You are. Just because you, you know, accidentally deleted something. Screwed up my entire <laughs> life, you know. What? Not your entire life. Who brought you in a yummy salted Radio caramel? is my life. Andrew. That's right. It is your. Hopefully you got more going on outside in your life. <laughs> you did Dijon. bring me a nice donut, though. I enjoyed that. Thank I you. did. A yummy salted caramel donut that goes perfectly with my Cafe Calabria 5 a.m. blend. I need more of, of my Cafe Calabria. But I'm going to go there today. After, 
Like, are you really? Yeah, Good. I have to because I'm, I love coffee, and you've been talking about it. Yes, and I'm going to be not far from there because that's that's my new hood in San Diego. Don't don't get all getting hysterical. I still love La Jolla, but North Park is my new hood. Okay, that's where uh, my coffee place is. That's where I get my hair did. I'm gonna get my hair did this later on today. Okay, because even though it's radio, I still got to make sure I get my hair did. So um, let's get back to what's going on here. Um, I have tried to stay above the fray because I've been concerned about the division and how it's going to ultimately hurt all of us. Also, just the fact that I love all of you out there and I don't want to be I don't intentionally try to rile anybody up. I don't intentionally try to try to hurt anybody's feelings. I try to sidestep around it, but I wouldn't be true to myself and who I am if I wasn't honest and freely expressing myself. And I ought to be able to do that. I'm continually concerned with the fact that i got to walk on eggshells around my fellow conservatives who are supposed to be about our constitutional freedoms, the freedom of religion and the freedom of speech among the Second Amendment and others. So I find myself having to dance around just in, – in fact, I have to dance around more right now with constitutional conservatives than I do the liberals. That are in my life. And I've got some really far left liberals in my life, family members, close friends of mine. And you know what? It's gotten to where they are easier to debate with than my so-called fellow conservatives. And, and it's tied in in some ways to me in terms of my concern with what's going on with the primary process, because I am legit when I tell you I do not advocate for party or poll. I advocate for ideas. I do not have a candidate in this race. I tell you today what I have been saying from the beginning. I don't trust any politician, period. I don't put faith in any. And anybody out there who cannot acknowledge a flaw, a mistake, a misstep, or something wrong with their candidate is not intellectually honest with themselves or with anybody else, and there's something wrong. In fact, those are the people that I should not even bother having a conversation with because you're not being, you're not an honest broker. As we go into this brokered convention and there's a whole lot of dishonesty in terms of this process that's going on. To me, I look at this, what this primary process. Oh, it's the rules, Andrea. This is the way it's been for a long time. Oh, really? So now the year that's supposed to be about the anti-establishment, there's supposed to be a recognition of this one party system. Now we're supposed to be embracing it. I'm supposed to be embracing politics as usual. No, maybe you want to embrace politics as usual because suddenly it's it serves your interest but no i'm not no i am not embracing politics as usual because it's a politics as usual that has us in this mess so i am not going to embrace rules right now that are in place that are being gerrymandered to to suit anybody's interest and which rules am i supposed to be embracing the rules that are in place today some by the individual states some that involve the republican party that were intentionally crafted in 2012 to serve rhino romney that may or may not be in place after all the primaries and the caucuses are done they're going to convene at a convention and these rule this rules committee these party elites are going to throw out every rule that they've had in place Not only is that obvious, given the fact that Kasich is still in, and we all saw clips from that TV show, The Circus, in which the party big sat around and laughed about Kasich and how they're supporting Kasich. He knows, he knows that the rules are going out the window the second that convention gets convened. Why else would he be in it? First of all, it is obvious. Second of all, they've already stated it. For example, the the rule that states you have to you are not eligible to be a nominee unless you have won a minimum of eight states, and the G, the RNC supports Kasich staying in it. What does that tell you? 
be careful who you're getting in bed with in terms of embracing these politics as usual rules. Because I think it's pretty clear to everybody, unless I'm wrong, I mean, I consider Cruz an outsider from within. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's far more establishment than we think he is. So maybe there is a chance that the establishment's going to get to the convention and hand it to Cruz. But if he is the outsider that the Cruz camp and the Cruz campaign and the, his supporters say he is, then be careful, Cruz supporters, the fact that you're supporting what's going on. And it gets very confusing with what's going on. So I'm pleased that I've got national political analyst and contributor to the Daily Caller and friend of the Andrea K. Show, Gail Trotter, is going to come on because I'm going to talk a little bit about the details of what happened in Colorado and how we can end up with a voterless victory. You know, one of the things that I liked about Cruz from the beginning was I thought that he understood where the voters were, that we wanted to take our party back from the establishment, not have end arounds done with backroom deals to delegates going to states and intentionally subverting the will of the voters. Oh, well, that's the game, Andrea, getting the game. Well, you know, we've had a game that's been going on for a long time and it has been rigged and it's been rigged against the citizens. Packadell. One of my favorite Democrats, he was just on. He got angry at Doug Schoen last night and said, stop joking. He said, the system, let me try to find his quote here for what he said on Fox News last night, because this came from a Democrat, but he was talking about both parties and he has been a voice of reason. He is the guy who said, uh, who scolded, I think it was Kirsten Powers on Fox and the liberal media for giving Hillary a pass. Uh, he said, Last night on Fox News, let me get to my quote. He said, we have a rigged system in this country with the owners of this country, the citizens, having their votes snatched from them with a political class in Washington that says we are kings and say, screw you all. And he was right on. So, you know, my question for you, my sincere question for some of the people that are applauding what happened in Colorado and happened in Arizona and other places is when you see that video of that man who was told by Colorado Republican insiders elite establishment that he could not. They told him, get lost. You're not allowed here unless you're willing to convert to Cruz. What's the difference between that and liberalism? Cruz is talking about Trump being scared to debate him. What are you scared of, you know, uh, Cruz supporters in terms of, you know, letting the people decide? 56% of the exit polls in Wisconsin said they were specifically asked Carl Rova on the day uh, the other day was on TV and he said uh, you know it, it might be interesting to find out what the people think we should do if if somebody gets to the convention and they don't have the 1237 delegates well the question was asked in Wisconsin a state cruise won with a substantial victory 56% of those very voters which included cruise supporters said the person who gets what what should we what should happen if we get to the convention and no one has 1,237, 56% said that the person with the most votes should win the nomination. That's what the people want. And there's all kinds of historians and fake historians and faux historians and, you know, um, pseudo intellectuals trying to educate us on, you know, what used to happen 200 years ago or this and there and that. You know what? That we are at a time and a perilous time. This is the most important election of our lifetime. This is a referendum on both parties in Washington. And we've got a Republican Party that decided to not let over a million voters in Colorado have a chance to have a say. Do you really support that? Because I don't.
And I can tell you right now, and if you were here, I'd look you in the eye and tell you, I would be asking that question no matter who they were trying to subvert, no matter who they were trying to support, no matter who they were trying to stop. And I just wish that the Republican Party had been this determined to stop Obama in 2008 and 2012 as they are to stop Trump and Trump supporters. Because, oh, by the way, the Republican Party and the crew supporters need Trump supporters. So every time you spit in their face, you're not helping your guy or the party. Now, the party establishment does not care if Hillary ends up winning. They would rather hold their positions and stay in a position of power than see either Cruz or Trump win. So they're perfectly fine to not have the Trump supporters, just like they didn't care about running off the Tea Party people in 2012. And they decided, you know what, we're going to blame it on not winning the Hispanic vote. We're going to go and court them. We don't care about you Tea Party people. The RNC is saying the same thing about the Trump supporters. We don't care about you people. Well, I'm telling you, Cruz supporters, if you want your guy to get the nomination, if you want your guy to win, you need Trump's supporters. I could be wrong. I'm going to ask my girl, Gail Trotter, when we come back from the break, and she can school me on it. I believe she's a crew supporter, and I'm really curious to hear what she has to say, and she can tell me how wrong I am. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E. Want to start living better, longer? Levita Compounding Pharmacy can help. Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, Levita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at levitarx.com or call 866-507-1990. I'm Nicole Donnelly, and for over 20 years, I've owned and managed Miramar Kitchen and Bath with one goal in mind, to offer great service and great value. Just listen to what our customers are saying. Service was excellent. Easy process, start to finish. We are really happy with our new bathroom. We've already talked to them about redoing our kitchen. They have our complete trust. Call Miramar Kitchen and Bath, 858-271-8434. Or visit my showroom, just one half block off Miramar Road on Commerce Avenue. Contractors license 657-333. Miramar Kitchen and Bath. Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego-style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it, too. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. show got that last bite of donut down just in time before i had to bring us back from the break before the break i was talking about what's going on in this primary and the rules and the establishment and you know i have been i am like so many disenfranchised republicans outraged over a republican party that didn't do what they needed to do back in 2008 or 2012 to to secure the presidency didn't do anything that they needed to do in the last eight years to stop the Obama administration and their transformation of America. And here we are, many of us really upset at the very establishment that now 
appears to be playing lots of games involving the primaries to subvert the will of the voters. Another betrayal, according to many. We're going to get into some of the details of what happened in Colorado um, with my next guest, Gail Trotter. But specifically before the break, I was talking about the Wisconsin polls, significant uh Cruz victory in Wisconsin. Many people going into Wisconsin thought that that was actually going to be a Trump win. Very interesting exit poll results. To me, I talked before the break about one very interesting poll results. 56% said that when asked what should happen if we get to a convention with neither candidate having 1,237 uh, uh, delegates, there, 56% said that it should go to the person with the most votes. That came from a state that Cruz won. Another interesting point uh, that uh, exit poll that came out of Wisconsin was that the Never Cruise people were almost the Never Cruise numbers were almost as high. In fact, they were almost identical to the Never Trump movement. And 35 percent said in combination they would either vote third party, would vote for Hillary. Ten percent said that they would actually vote for Hillary. And the rest said that they would stay at home. So we've got two top contenders with a never, a hashtag never associated with their name. And so what's going on is not helping either side. And in fact, I suggest, and what a part of what I was getting to in my open was that the never, the, the crew supporters need to understand that the never cruise people are getting just as, as strong and just as committed and digging their heels in just as much. And What's going on with, with some of these delegate situations in some of these states is only furthering the Never Cruise situation. But I could be wrong. That's why I got Gail Trotter, national political analyst, contributor to The Daily Caller, and friend of the Andrea K. Show with me. Hey, Gail. Hey, Andrea. Okay, so you just heard a mouthful from me, kind of a recap of, yes. of what I've been talking about. So far, of what I've said, do you disagree or do you agree? I have a slightly different take on it. I think that there is some possibility that the establishment can rig things in ways that would advantage whoever they are supporting at any particular time. I think there are a lot of movements to try and draft people other than Trump and Cruz to be the eventual nominee. But I think Republicans are about rules, and we have set up these rules, and any of the presidential nominee candidates had full access to the rules. So if they are complaining about how different primaries or conventions or caucuses went, if they lost in those particular elections, then they really have to look at themselves deep within themselves. If they put in the necessary work to be able to be triumphant in the places that they are now crying foul about. So that's my take on it. Well, and I agree with that too. You know, I, I, been kind of fence sitting on it because I'm kind of a rules player myself. In fact, you know, I had somebody tell me one time that my family, uh, my immediate family, that we were a little too focused on rules and right and wrong growing up. And I'm thinking, how can you be too focused on right or wrong? You know, I mean, come on. But then again, I was also the same girl who got in trouble at Keesler Air Force Base because I wouldn't follow the arrows that were printed at the commissary on the ground because I'm like, I'm really going to let some paint painted on the ground dictate my life. So I'm kind of a little bit of a rules breaker too. And, And here's where I'm coming down on the rules. If the rules were the same and stayed the same throughout, I think people wouldn't be so up in arms about it. But when we've got a situation to where we're being told that the rules that everybody is supposedly playing for on a national level right now, the states are a different situation, but on a national level with the RNC, that those rules are subject to change and will change day one at the convention. 
after the voting's already taken place, that's when people go, you know what? Both camps have been like, you know what? That we don't want. That is completely Bush League and cannot stand. Well, I have to say, I agree with you that there is a contradiction among conservatives, that they like the rule of law, but they also have that independent kind of Western spirit that mm-hmm. they don't want to be bound in by rules. But I think when you look particularly at the RNC convention, some of the rules allow the rules to be changed. So it is part of the apparatus of the convention. And I think it's very difficult when you're in the middle of a hotly contested convention season when nobody expected it to go this way. All of the political prognosticators were sure that Trump would flame out. They didn't give Cruz any credit. And I think his surprising win in Wisconsin last week when he beat the polls by such a large margin have left the establishment in Washington completely confounded. So they are trying to do anything that they can to regain control over the Republican Party, over the Republican voters, who have repeatedly said what you said before I came on, and I couldn't agree with it more, they have repeatedly disappointed the Republican voters for not listening to them. And I think that this is their attempt to try and regain some control. So I think that People are paying enough attention because brave people like you are out there all the time talking about this. It's very complicated. It's like quantum physics. Very few people understand this. It's like trying to explain a very complicated scientific topic. But you and others out there who are leaders have to continue to hammer home what the rules are and what the potential for, you know, thwarting the will of the people is. Because ultimately, and this gets into what you said earlier, the Never Cruise people and the Never Trump people are going to shoot themselves in the foot if they end up giving Hillary a clear path to the Oval Office. And I think if you look at President Obama's discussion, his interview with Chris Wallace on Sunday, when Chris Wallace was really grilling him on Hillary's national security endangering conduct through her email, setting up the the special server that was not physically secure, let alone mm-hmm. not uh, technologically secure, he doesn't think it's a big deal. So do you want the Clintons to be back in the White House with their kleptocracy, with their complete lack of attention to national security, let alone their progressive leftist ideology? I think anyone who's on the Never Cruise or the Never Trump train has to rethink that very seriously. Thank you, because I have actually been in the, um, and got called out for it, I have been for a while now in the anybody but Hillary. As When this national... When this right. never Trump thing started gaining ground, I just started like hammering out the anybody but Hillary hashtag. And then I was like, no, that's weak. You got to take a stand. People were telling me. And I'm like, why do I have to? Why do I have to take a stand? No, why do I don't. have to endorse anybody? Why right. can't I just be a voice for, you know, for the voters themselves? And one of the reasons why I think Colorado got people so upset, Gail, is getting back to that. And then I do want to spend a little bit more time on Obama. By the way, this is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. And we're talking to Gail Trotter. Um, they, I read a lot of the background in Colorado and some of this stuff was actually decided back in 2015. And as I got into right. the details of it, some of it made sense to me because it, it had to do with trying to set it up so that they would actually, um, 
have the the delegates the uh, the the freedom to support any candidate that was eligible at the the convention in July. That kind of made sense to me in terms of why originally back in 2015, where I think they went off the rails, was this recent thing um, foregoing the presidential preference poll. That's where, and then they didn't have a good explanation for it. And the the party official, I guess, Steve House, his explanation uh, for it was that. It might be too many Republicans showing up at their local caucuses. I mean, come on, Gail. <laughs> right? Yeah, it is so funny. I mean, I I prefer the way that most of the states are doing it. And I prefer primaries, too. But I think that uh, Republicans have a better chance, conservative Republicans have a better chance if they have closed primaries. You mm-hmm. make sure that people who are voting for the representative will be someone who is actually affiliated with the Republican Party and buys into the platform. Of I the agree. Republican Party. I don't understand the, the the mindset of the open. I guess maybe that people can change their party affiliation at some point and, and vote, you know, for for whoever going right. into a general. But, but you'd want that with the general, not with the primary, because exactly. you want your strongest candidate through the nomination process. And then once you have the nominee, then you bring in the independents, the swing, you know, the Reagan Democrats, Mm -hmm. the people who swing. So I think Colorado made a mistake in going with this system. But for anyone to say that it was unfair or there's a trick about the system, I don't think that's accurate. But, you know, part of it is I'm an athlete and I feel like you don't call out the referees. You you do the best you do. And if if the referees are against you, you bring a better game. well, except that I got to interrupt you there because I'm an NFL fanatic. And to me, this is kind of like Hockley, um, kind of what happened in Colorado. It was kind of like Hockley in Denver in that Charger game. And right. now it's become the Hockley rule because he blew it so bad. Right. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you remember that, but I think yeah, that. No, you do. But then but then that's that's said after the game. And, and you don't. You, I think when the athletes are on the field, it's not it's not good form for them to be calling that out. That's just something that was ingrained in me from a very right. young age. So right. it shouldn't be Trump out there saying the system is rigged because then it calls into question the entire apparatus of the Republican nomination process. I think it does Trump more harm to call into question the nomination process than it does to help him because it's settled. Well, you know, I, I don't know because I, I'm, I'm, I am torn on this because when I look at I feel like the Republican voters have been so betrayed that they are so suspicious of everything in, in with the party. And I feel like they've got a right to be suspicious and to put the party under the microscope and look at everything with a jaundiced eye and say, prove you've lost my trust. OK, I, I did a blog post about marriage recently. This is this. I think spouses have a right to look at the other ones and say you've betrayed my trust. I've caught right. you having an affair. Okay, you got to earn that trust back to me. And I feel like I got a right to have all the passcodes and see everything you're doing on your social media accounts. Okay, and I feel and if I see that you're doing anything shady, you know, I feel like I've got a, you know, a right to have a problem with that. And I feel that that's kind of where the voters are. And I feel like when when this stuff like this happens, where you've got this guy in Colorado telling people we didn't want a bunch of voters to show up here and have a say so. I mean, come on, in the middle of the most contentious primary fight ever, right, I, that's, I, that's voters, wrong on them. That's the voter's per- place to call it out, not Trump, I, I not agree with the you person either. who's trying to win over, you know, not just Republicans, but also independents and pulling over Democrats as well. I think it doesn't reflect well on him. But I certainly think that Republicans in Colorado can say, we're not happy with how this worked out this year. We, we want to change it and, and have it from the bottom up. 
the right. change, the, the criticism, but not from Donald Trump. Right. In fact, you know, if I was a voter in Colorado, this supposed cruise offshoot group, Colorado Republicans for Liberty, that put out this um, resolutions forbidding Colorado de- delegates from voting for Donald Trump. And then the Colorado GOP, you know, tweeting out, hash, we did it, hashtag never Trump. I mean, I, I, I kind of think just like my, I think that's good advice for Trump. Don't play the victim because I can't stand yes. a victim. I also right. don't, I also would say to Cruz, stop acting like you're the victim of Donald Trump. When you're putting out this kind of stuff, <laughs> when you're putting out this kind of stuff that says about the resolution, um, that, that Donald Trump has set himself forth as an open exponent of lust, greed, and other vices. That's that ain't any better than Cruz busted trying to accuse Trump of being behind the National Enquirer story. Right. And let's let's concede that when every time Donald Trump goes out there and says Lion Ted, it is not good for Trump and it is not good for Cruz and it is not good for our political system. Same. I think the same, like you said, about the National Enquirer story. There's zero evidence that the Trump campaign planted that story. But I think, you know, we were talking about marriage and unfaithfulness. I think when Cruz was the target of that kind of smear in the tabloid, it just makes you just lose your mind a little bit. So um, I would like to see them both tone it back down, even though that's not Trump style. But I think when we have these types of controversies over Colorado, where you are thinking, well, they didn't even have an election. How did this even happen? Uh, You know, no, no, votes were cast. That's what Donald Trump is saying. Well, that's that's in, inaccurate and misleading. Right. Um, and, and the number of votes, Donald Trump is so far ahead right now, but he's losing a lot of delegates in states like South Carolina, Louisiana, because he doesn't have enough of a good ground game like Ted Cruz has been able to establish. Right. Can I ask a favor? Can you hold over for a couple of minutes? Because I wanted to get into some legal questions with you on this uh, on the Hillary thing. Yes, sir. Awesome. Okay, we're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to shift gears. We're going to talk to Gail Trotter because she's also an attorney. Because there's been a lot of questions raised on this Obama interview with Chris Wallace. Some people are saying he threw Hillary under the bus, and some people are saying he propped her up. I want to get Gail's take on it when we come back. Quick break. Quick break, everybody. Don't go anywhere. Want more, Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show and like her Facebook page at Andrea K, spelled K-A-Y-E. Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego-style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too. Do you struggle with the day-to-day management of your business? Proteus takes the pain out of the business process management by providing you a complete system for efficiency, automation, continuity. Proteus is business solution that wraps itself around your business and grows with you. Gone are the days of multiple programs and systems for sales, inventory, customer management, and financial reporting. Proteus serves your business every day, all day, and revolutionizes the way you do business. Visit us today to see how Proteus can assist you online at www.proteuserp.com or call today, 877-749-3533.
Fresh Healthy Vending, the nation's largest healthy vending company, is looking for locations in this area to place its latest innovation. A fresh, healthy micromarket at absolutely no cost to your business. A fresh, healthy micromarket is like a mini health food store for your office break room. Choose from breakfast meals, fresh salads, wraps, hot meals, smoothies, cold-pressed juices, and more, all at a convenient self-checkout kiosk. Now you can offer your employees exactly what they want. All natural, healthy, fresh, and organic foods. Fuel productivity and creativity, decrease absenteeism, and increase morale. Fresh Healthy Vending is offering the first 20 offices that sign up $250 cash and 15% of the net profits each micromarket generates each month. For free information about this exciting and healthy opportunity, visit freshandhealthy.org to request your free machine. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. show not typically my kind of music that i do on the show but i'm i'm a longtime fan of eddie vetter honestly i just clicked a button yeah (laughs) all right joining me uh today on the show i'm super proud always excited to have her here with me it's gail trotter national political analyst a contributor to the daily caller and hot witch attorney and i asked her to stay over because i'm kind of confused gail on this Obama interview because he did with with Chris Wallace because he says first he says there's classified and then there's classified kind of like hearkening back to Clinton's the definition of is is some some people are saying that his acknowledgement there that it was an acknowledgement that she had classified on and and that on her server which basically busts her on the espionage act am I wrong well, first, I have to call him out for his complete illogic. So he is asked questions about Hillary's email, and he asserts that she is not responsible because it was merely carelessness. He uses the word carelessness. And he also goes into uh, answering the question from Chris Wallace saying, there's been no coordination. He's had no discussions with the FBI, with the Department of Justice. So the illogic of his response is, how on earth can you know what the import of Hillary Clinton's email distribution is if you have not explored the evidence? Now, remember, President Obama has a law degree. He was a constitutional law professor, so he has to have at least rudimentary knowledge and understanding of how a criminal investigation works. That's something they they teach you in law school, or at least they used to. I'm I'm sure they did when he was in law school. And to for him to be out there simultaneously asserting these two contradictory things that essentially she did nothing wrong except be careless and that he has had no, uh, he has not been following the investigation and he's had no coordination or input or information from the FBI or the Department of Justice makes zero sense. He could not possibly assert both of those things at the same time because they are completely contradictory. So what's your theory then? Because some people are saying he's either signaling to the FBI, hey, you know, I'm I'm saying that I'm not seeing any there there. And basically, yes. I'm not going to let my Department of Justice uh, file an indictment. You think it's that? Right. Then then there's the wishful thinkers who say, you know what? He really wants Biden and Warren on the ticket. And he's signaling careless yeah. is the same thing as negligence. <laughs> and he's signaling. Right. 
No, I, I I have heard that, and I think that is absurd because uh, he he is certainly going to want Hillary Clinton to carry on his legacy. You notice that in that interview, he talks about how Hillary had a wonderful four years of Secretary of State, and think of how much a part of her tenure as Secretary of State commits to his legacy as a president. So he certainly wants to do whatever he can to assure that there is no tarnish, no veneer of impropriety on anything that went on in his administration. He certainly does not want his former Secretary of State to be indicted and possibly convicted for a complete mishandling of top secret national security information. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to draw your attention as well to that paragraph you said, where he said, I, I, President Barack Obama, handle a lot of classified information. There's classified, and then there's classified. There's stuff that is really top secret, top secret, and there's stuff that is being presented to the president or the secretary of state that you might not want on the transom or going out over the wire, but is basically stuff that you could get in open source. I mean, think about this. It's like a child speaking. There's, you know, double dog dare, right. and, you know, it's this, this, like, complete lack of of either understanding or transparency on the system of classified information that we have to protect the people that we send overseas, either in the military, as diplomats, as covert agents trying to collect information to keep Americans safe. I mean, it is just breathtaking to think that he would go out there and make this kind of statement right. to support Hillary Clinton. Yeah, in fact, we know. And this is what it's breathtaking to many Americans, the fact that she hasn't already been in flexicuffs because yes. we know 22 pieces of the most highly classified. And oh, by the way, they don't even have to be marked under the Espionage Act. If you are an official, you are expected to know without any markings that you're handling classified information and protected. And she didn't. But she had 22 pieces of this special access uh, classified information that you have to be a top general has to be repeatedly cleared through a variety of different mechanisms just to see one piece. And then you get that That's one, right. you get that one, um, uh, um, what do you, uh, what do you talk the test that they do lie detector test and the clearance. Uh, yeah. Tell uh, polygraph. You have to have that done each time to see each additional piece. That's how classified this stuff is. This had to do with locations of, of special ops names, people. The, this we have the left that went hysterical over Valerie Plain being outed. It was nothing but a desk jockey. And they had Naomi Watts running around in heels in a movie trying to act like, oh, my gosh, you know, what did the Republican Party do to our ops organizations? And he's sitting there with Chris Wallace and got away with it, by the way. Shame on Chris. Yeah. I didn't think that Wallace did as good as he should, but I don't really know at that level what you got to promise in order to get a sit down with right. a sitting president. So right. I'll give him a pass on that. But I to had me, the same reaction. Yeah. To me, it, you know, it was basically it was just a, an opportunity for him, you know, to spew some propaganda. My next legal question for you, Gail Trotter, here on the Andrea K. Show is Brennan has come out and said, um, I don't care who gives the next president as a Republican. If he wants waterboarding done, it ain't happening. Does he does the CIA have a legal right to tell a commander in chief that they can't do that kind of enhanced interrogation technique? Do you know? 
Obviously not. And the CIA director should be top of mind priority to make sure that Americans are safe. I mean, we saw that after 9-11, that the FBI and the CIA dropped the ball on a lot of data and information that could have been used, maybe not maybe not to prevent 9-11, but certainly could have, you know, possibly limited the damage from the attack. And what really drives me completely insane, I have to share with you, Andrea, that this is a pet peeve of mine, is that even people who think that enhanced interrogation is acceptable because President Bush and his uh, Office of Legal Counsel, John Yu and others in the Department of Justice, they wanted to go up to the very point of the line of what was legal. They didn't want to go past the line. They only wanted to go all the way up to the line of what was legal. And yet we hear people continually calling this enhanced interrogation torture. It was not torture. It is not torture. And the only people that it was used on, particularly the waterboarding, which I might remind everyone, Navy SEALs voluntarily undergo as part of their training. Uh, When you have that waterboarding, it was only done on, I think, about four people, including Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, who is the worst of the worst, who Mm -hmm. they think, you know, slit the throat of Wall Street Journal reporter uh, Daniel Daniel Pearl. Yeah. So you you contrast that behavior with waterboarding trying to prevent another attack. It is just something that Republicans should not back down on. And whoever is the director of the CIA, that is his or her primary responsibility to keep Americans safe. And they should not be out there saying that they're going to reject what is legal to keep Americans safe. Well, yeah. And what kind of message does that send to the terrorists out there? Oh, well, we know we know we ain't going to, you know, if we get caught, you know, uh, like the one of the three in Brussels, he ended up getting caught on the street. You know, uh, they now they got to know that if they decide not to pull the trigger on the suicide vest and run off, if they get caught, you know, they're going to end up somewhere getting three squares a day in a rug and they get to do their prayers and they're going to be handed a Quran at this point, you know, with this administration. They should have fear. They should have the fear of at least the United States of no other Western, you know, country as to what's going to happen to them if they get caught. Absolutely. Well, and even if they don't have fear. Some people could disagree with that. So even if you're not worried about creating fear in the terrorists to prevent or deter the attack, we should get the information. We should go up to the very line of what is legal Mm -hmm. in enhanced interrogation to get information to prevent future attack. But like you said, they treat it like a criminal matter instead of a war matter. Mm -hmm. And then we had all this news this week that they were planning more attacks across Europe. This attack was supposed to originally happen in Paris, but then they decided to change it to Brussels. So they are still on the move. And Mm -hmm. you know what? San Bernardino proved that it is not going to be limited to Europe. Absolutely not. And here's what's so absurd about it is, you know, the very people saying, oh, my gosh, we can, you know, that's just not our values to dump somebody, you know, his head underwater. They're okay. I heard, I, I think it was actually Peter King who pointed this out this morning. He said, you know, what, how is it better to drop a drone on people and, right. and even kill their families? And, and on top of that, we ain't, aren't even getting any intelligence out of it. Oh, well, the left will say, well, we don't necessarily know the intelligence we get out of it is good. Well, at least we're making an effort. And oh, by the way, I do think that that led us to the chauffeur, uh, which led us to uh, Osama bin Laden. 
I wrote a piece on that for the Washington Times that said the hypocrisy of President Obama and his supporters to say, we are not like that. Those are not our values to have this enhanced, you know, they call it torture, but it's enhanced interrogation. And yet President Obama did a high five and spiked the football about finding Osama bin Laden and killing him, but it was based on the information that was gathered from the enhanced interrogation, and people forget that, and it's the responsibility of the media to remind all Americans of that. Right, and McCain, John McCain, who um, has been against and very vocal against enhanced interrogation techniques, he even admitted himself, Gil, when the question was posed to him, we know that there's a bombing, a terrorist bombing that's about to take place in the next few hours. Do you do it or not? And he said, yeah. I mean, come on. Let, let's bring no some, some common sense to it. I got to leave it there. Any final thoughts on this whole uh, getting back to, to, to recap this whole thing with the primary process? Any final thoughts, Gail Trotter? Well, I think it's great that you put these two issues together because this just underscores how vitally important it is as we're thinking about who is going to be in charge of the Oval Office starting January 17, 2017, that these are critical decisions. And as we look at the primary process going forward, people have really got to stay attuned and pay attention. Awesome. Gail, thanks so much for, for being here. I appreciate it. Great to be with you, Andrea. All right. Now, Stay tuned, everybody, because coming back, we're actually going to talk a little bit more about the war on terror and and how it combines with the presidential race, because there's some rumors out there that there's some money being floated maybe to get a certain mad dog Mattis in the race. And that's gotten a lot of people thinking about him and looking into him. And I've got some really interesting quotes. If you don't know anything about mad dog Mattis, stay tuned, because I've got some interesting quotes from him that might give you a little insight as to who that man is and what's going on. And then we're also going to talk a little bit of sports as we wrap up uh, the show today. Stay tuned. More Andrea K. Show on the other side of the break. Be sure to follow Andrea Kay on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. Want to start living better, longer? LaVita Compounding Pharmacy can help. Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. I'm Nicole Donnelly, and for over 20 years, I've owned and managed Miramar Kitchen and Bath with one goal in mind, to offer great service and great value. Just listen to what our customers are saying. Service was excellent. Easy process, start to finish. We are really happy with our new bathroom. We've already talked to them about redoing our kitchen. They have our complete trust. Call Miramar Kitchen and Bath, 858-271-8434. Or visit my showroom, just one half block off Miramar Road on Commerce Avenue. Contractors license 657-333. Miramar Kitchen and Bath. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Show. That's a little bit of old school from the Rolling Stones. Hey, Dijon, did you hear that they have a compo- combined age of 286? Yeah, it's crazy. Like, <laughs> Mick Jagger was 72. I saw him over the summer. He was sprinting across the stage. 
Really? Sprinting. Because in pictures, he's 72, but he looks like he's like 102. Okay. Dude looks old. He looks like the Crypt Keeper. (laughs) He does. Um, Speaking of Crypt Keepers, though, uh, before the break, I was talking to Gail Trotter, and we were talking about uh, the war on terror and what's going on there and how to defeat the enemy. And this John Brennan kook talking about how you can't waterboard. Um, Prior to that, we were talking about Everything going down with the uh, Republican primary. Looks like we're going into a brokered convention. A lot of people aren't happy with anybody in the race. And so they're talking about who can they parachute in. One of the names being floated around is General Mad Dog Mattis. And I don't know if you guys have heard of this dude. Marine. Amazing, interesting guy. And I've got a couple quotes from you. I, I don't know how much of the rumors are true about him, um, big money wanting to, to fundraise for him and support him or whether or not he'd, he'd even be interested. But in looking into him, I just found it amazing. Y'all know I'm the daughter of two Marines. I love the military. Uh, hashtag Military Monday today for you guys. And he, here's what he thinks about how you defeat the enemy in terms of uh, – let me, let me read this quote to you, and then you think whether or not Mad Dog would be involved in a little waterboarding. He says, find the enemy that wants to end this experiment in American democracy and kill every one of them until they are so sick of the killing that they leave us and our freedoms intact. Mm -hmm. He says, and this was uh, in 2006 to the Marines, there are hunters and there are victims by your discipline, cunning, obedience, and alertness. You will decide if you're a hunter or a victim. I think that applies to so much in life. It's all about work ethic. It's about deciding you're going to be a winner. Kind of reminds me of, um, the the general from the Iraq war who said, I don't pick where I go. I win where I go. He says, you cannot allow any of your people to avoid the brutal facts. If they start living in a dream world, it's going to be bad. And that right there is where we are. This dream world. This is why, you know, we, we've got planes flying sorties over ISIS and coming back with all their bombs, all their loads still intact because they, you know, they're, they're living in a dream world of somehow defeating the enemy and it, it, without having to have it be coarse, without it looking like it's not an episode of the Oprah show. He says, you go into Afghanistan, you've got guys who slap women around for five years because they don't wear a veil. He goes, you know, guys like that ain't got no manhood left anyway. So it's a heck of a lot of fun, he says the other word, to shoot them. Actually, he says, it's quite fun to fight them. You know, it's a hell of a hoot. It's fun to shoot some people. I'll be right up there with you. I like brawling. You know what, Mattis? I like you. If nothing else, I'm hoping I'm going to get to see you brought back because you evidently were run out on a rail by the Obama bomb administration, probably because you say stuff like that about what's going on in Afghanistan. Because, see, the left is courting Islam. They are. And they want to tell the American people that it's the Republicans who are waging a war on women, not Islam who's doing exactly what you just described, slapping women around because they don't wear a veil. And here in San Diego, authorities are investigating, speaking of the real war on women, federal authorities are investigating a claim against a couple who was arrested here in San Diego for enslaving an Indonesian woman for domestic labor. Now, this is a common practice in certain cultures. Dijon, any guess which culture it is that's heritage is involved in this? No? I'll give you a hint. There's a mosque in San Diego that's been involved in uh, 9-11 and San Bernardino. Um, 44-year-old Faras Majid and 38-year-old Shatha Abbas forced this Indonesian woman to work for 18 hours a day for no pay. She didn't speak English and she didn't have a passport. Gee, how'd she get here with these great, strict, enforced immigration laws? 
She supposedly came here in 2015 after years of living in Dubai with the same family. She got rescued because she slipped a note to a nurse. I don't know, you know, how the nurse was able to um, translate it unless she somehow, because she didn't speak English. So this has actually been widely reported. This is a huge problem in Islam of under false pretenses, bringing women over from Asia and having them work literally as sex slaves and uh, domestic labor slaves. This is the real slavery that's going on in that culture. And it's worldwide, not just in El Cajon here in San Diego. It's all over America. This is what's going on. Real war on women. There's also war on our culture and our traditions here in America, especially in the South. And so, uh, by the way, if you're just tuning in, this is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. And so I guess North Carolina decided with all this, you know, um, attempt to transform America from its traditional Judeo-Christian values, they decided to come up with a law that says that you, you are to use whatever restroom is assigned to your gender. How in the world is that somehow shocking? The fact that we even need to have a law that states that is ridiculous to me. Oh, but the transgender community, they, they shouldn't have their feelings hurt. They shouldn't be made to feel uncomfortable. Well, how uncomfortable do you think it is for some six-year-old girl to have a man come in the restroom? I'm uncomfortable every time some woman decides to bring her 10-year-old boy into the ladies' room who's gawking at every woman trying to button her blouse. It's ridiculous. John Kasich, though, he says he wouldn't sign that North Carolina bathroom bathroom law. University of Toronto decided to dump their transgender bathroom laws after peeping incidents. Who would have thought? What was the name of that movie with Kim Cattrall um, where the, the, the boys put peepholes in the girls' restrooms? Was it Porky's? Porky's! Yeah, let's turn the America America's class uh, schools and public restrooms into, an, into another, you know, part two of Porky's. That was Kim Cattrall? Yeah, it was. Samantha? Yeah. Got to end the show on um, some sad news out of the sports world. You know that I love my Saints. I love the NFL. And it was truly a highlight of my life to see my Saints win the NFC Championship game in the Superdome and make it to the Super Bowl, in which they defeated hometown boy uh, Peyton Manning in Miami to win the Super Bowl. You can't be from New Orleans and not have that be one of the most momentous times of our uh, of your life. I mean, it truly was. Even non-sports uh, people from New Orleans just treasured that so much. And at the heart of that team was Will Smith, who sadly was murdered in a road rage incident in uh, Uptown, Lower Garden District, Saturday night. So I was so sad to hear this story. Uh, evidently, their car was bumped from the rear, and when he got out, um, a shooting ended up taking place. The first thing I thought of was back when I was living there, and I actually started a blog piece, on, blog piece about it, was that we were warned that if you get bumped in the rear, never get out of your car. It's a scam. It's a scam to get you out of your car so that they can rape you or burglarize you or do whatever. So I don't know if that's what was going on here, but it just broke my heart to hear that. And so uh, prayers for the Smith family. They had three children. Um, the wife, I guess, is still in recovery. And so sad day. Sad weekend for us New Orleans Saints and NFL fans. Also, not nearly as tragic, but in some way, but very sad, was this uh, Jordan Spieth, I guess, who just had a meltdown at the Masters of epic proportions. 
And, you know, I guess it was a, according to Dijon, and it was a choke so bad that it's even got America interested in golf because, <laughs> because who, well, who else, how many people in America pay attention to golf? So anyway, um, sorry, Jordan. I hope that you can recover from that because that's the kind of thing that could destroy a professional sports career. Hey, I'm going to be right back here tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Pacific time, AM 1170. This is the Andrea K. Show. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. Friend me on Facebook. I'm AndreaKShow.com is my website. Let's keep this conversation rolling. Love you all. Have a great night, everybody.